All right, all right, all right, everybody. Welcome back uh, to the Physique Archives. I'm so excited today for today's guest. Um, those of you that don't know Jordan Syed, you're living under a rock. Um, lucky for me, he has become one of my absolute best friends. Um, and he came into my life at a time where I was really pessimistic slightly negative on the outlook of the world um and you guys always ask me on my q a's you know what happened because it's noticeable through even my content um that my mindset has shifted through over the last couple of years and so in order for me to accurately give you guys that story i need the person that kind of ignited that fire and and showed me um how to approach life from a different perspective even after going through shit because everybody does um you know jordan was there for me and and uh well i'm just gonna let him introduce himself tell you guys a little bit about jordan um and then we'll kind of navigate the conversation from there so jordan, I, I just have to say i've never experienced someone jumping into a podcast with so much energy so quickly we just went from talking very relaxed discussion discussing like your photo shoot coming up and then be like all right, hit record. All right, what's going on? I've never <laughs> seen that rapid. Like most people before we do a podcast are like, okay, hold on. I just need to collect myself, figure out what I'm going to say. When you're, and you're just like, nope, let's just dive right into it. I love it. I, that's literally never, I do like two or three of these a day. I've never seen someone dive in with that much energy and enthusiasm so quickly. So I love that. Um, for me, like I, I, we, I know you and I did one podcast before. Is that podcast still up or was that like an old podcast that you've now rebranded? Uh, it's still on this. It's still on this um, podcast platform because it's under the same name. I just retitled it. So it's Got like it. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm a strength coach, nutrition coach. Uh, I like coffee. I like watermelon. Um, Rollerblades. I love rollerblading. Really. I forgot how much I love rollerblading. It's funny. I remember... I was a kid and like the one thing I always wanted to do was fly. Like when my mom would say like, what do you, what do you want to, what's like your wish? I'd be like, well, that's a really powerful word. Like I've always like been really like wish is a powerful thing. A lot of people say, I wish this, I wish that like wish is a big word. Like, so I would, I was always like, uh, if I could have one wish, I just wish I could fly. And I feel like when I'm on rollerblades, I'm like, I'm flying. Like this is the closest I'm going to get unless there's like a jet pack or something that one day I'll have, but I don't think I'm ever going to have that. So rollerblading has been a blast recently. Can Love you it. please put on a cape the next time you go rollerblading and film Absolutely. That? I sort of want to do like Captain Underpants. So I only have like tidy whiteies and a cape on rollerblading around New York. And the funny thing about that is I wouldn't get that many weird looks in New York because stuff like that happens all the time. So like I could do that and people would be like, yeah, there's just a dude rollerblading his underwear with a cape on in New York City. It's not that weird. <laughs> <laughs> Come to Vermont and do that. Everybody be like, what in the actual? Life? I think I'd get shot if I was in Vermont. <laughs> they would be like, yeah, he's just, he's, he's, he's on something. He's cracking out right now. I don't like that guy over there <laughs> rollerblading with his underpants on. <laughs> oh my goodness. So um, I guess you can tell it from your perspective. So essentially what happened is I'm pretty sure I responded to a story, uh, of yours one day and we had kind of interacted back and forth through Instagram and then um it turned into like a DM conversation I'll never forget it you were on a flight uh, yeah I was going traveling. to California I was on like a six-hour flight and I it was so it's funny I always earlier on in my career I would never buy wi-fi on an airplane because I was like I'm not gonna waste my money on that but then I realized what it like what a stupid concept it's like if I make one post on Instagram 
during that flight. Like maybe, who knows, maybe I'll pay 20 bucks for the Wi-Fi on an airplane. If I make one post and that post helps 10 people, that 20 bucks was worth it. Like, like paid for multiple times over. So I, and I flew all the time because I was coaching Gary. So I was coaching Gary Vaynerchuk. I was flying all over the country and the world every week, multiple times a week. And, um, I think I was taking a red eye flight to California and, uh, I think you replied to something and we just started going back and forth. And it was like a really, it was one of those conversations that like gets heated very quickly in like a good way, like very intense, like passionate conversation about like life and philosophy and like many aspects. But like, I don't even remember how long it was, but like, it was a very intense conversation for a while. Yeah. And you were like, all right, I'm about to get on this flight. Text me. And I was like, wait, what? And you were like, (laughs) yeah, seriously. And then like, we just dove into like such a deep and intellectually like stimulating conversation, which for me is kind of how my thought processes go, but it's not every day you talk to somebody and you just kind of like mesh right there. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of where our relationship took off. Um, and like I said, he's kind of become one of my best friends, which is, I'm grateful to be able to say, um, but Jordan is very unique, um, compared to other people. Uh, He is someone that I would say has been incredibly influential for me to see the good in people. I don't know. I I do believe that people kind of serve a purpose in in your life. Mm. And I think my outlook on other people was quite negative um, at the time. Jordan, (laughs) Jordan is somebody who literally doesn't know me from the next person can benefit zero from even talking to me like there's nothing that I could bring to the table for him. And for a long time, I was like, why do you care um, about helping me when I I can't benefit you in any way? Like that's, that's something that I've, I've, I've overcome, but definitely initially, um, I was just like relationships and people want things from leverage, like it's all about what they can get from you. And it was Mm -hmm. so perplexing to me because I was like, I can't benefit you. Why do you want to be my friend? (laughs) What is going on here? Um, And I remember you just like called me one night and we just talked and you were like, just calling me out on everything, which I needed, but I like was very taken aback um, because it was just something so rare to me. But that's, that's kind of where the process started. So you can kind of talk about how I was. Why do why do you think you were like that in the first place? I think that's an interesting like that's where you were when we first started talking when we met. Mm -hmm. But why do you think that's the way your mindset was? Why do you think that was because that's not how you were, right? So I think for some people, if someone automatically thinks like, well, I can't benefit you, so why do you want to talk to me? I think in some instances that person is is saying that because they try to do that to other people. The only other reason they would interact with someone is if they could get something from them. But that wasn't you. I think there's another thing going on or or maybe other things happening or that have happened to you that made you think that. Oh, yeah. Made you believe that like the only reason someone would interact with you or want to like talk with you is to get something from you. Yeah. And I think the hard thing for me, so in my past, um, we all have a shitty past at some point. Um, You know, I (laughs) have friends that we all have shitty pasts (laughs) we all have shitty elements we all have something yeah of course I never want to come off as like the victim and like my life has been horrible like no I've lived an awesome life but um I did have a point in my past where like I had friends that wanted to be my friend because of people I knew or Mm -hmm. making connections with people that I had connections with um or you know getting closer to achieving something because of a friend that I knew like I'm 
I'm, I build genuine relationships, but I always find um, on some level, somebody wants, takes interest in me um, to gain something at some point, right? Whether it was, I was playing division one basketball and I had trainers that worked with NBA players, right? So I had people that wanted like girls that wanted to hang out with me to go watch me train really to be around the guys that I was training with. Mm. Um, or like when you build sponsorship relationships and people are like, oh, you get that protein. Oh, I want to, you know, interact with this person X, Y, and Z. Like, hey, can I hang out with you at the booth of the, you know, expo mm-hmm. or whatever? Like they don't genuinely care to know. Like you. a dude trying to hook up. Like that's the reason why they interact for sure. Yeah. So it was just kind of like I, I shied away from letting new people in. Because uh, I was like, I don't know what their intentions are at this point. Um, so that's why I was that way. And then, yeah, you were just like, I, like I said, I, I you knew Gary, I, I like, well, I could have been trying to hang out with you to talk to Gary. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I never wanted it to be like, oh, I don't want people to know how close I am to Jordan. Like we've hung out and I don't ever, you know, post about it or talk about it because, you know, genuinely you're just like a friendship that I have that I, I very much value. And it's not about mm. what Instagram world sees and like social media. When we hang out, it's like, we're not even, we're not on our phones. Like we just we're hanging out like it's the best part of it it's like that's one of the that's one of the things i love about social media that i think social media i think net gets a bad rap right net i think most people when they think of social media the their immediate thought is fuck social media but realistically without social media no one listening to this right now would have ever listened to this like without social media they would never hear this conversation they wouldn't know how amazing you are they wouldn't be so obsessed with you they wouldn't hire you as a coach if it wasn't for social media right i think social media is overall net positive but our first instinctual response is net negative when we think about it but like everything it's how we use it right it's like there's no necessarily good foods bad foods good good exercises bad exercises it's like social media it's not good or bad it's how you use it and so i think one of the best things about it is an opportunity to meet people that you never would have met otherwise and so for example i see a lot of people a lot of relationships a lot of friends whatever when they're hanging out they're just phone to face like not even paying attention to who they're with but when you and i hang out it's like phones away like and it's not even because we feel like we have to it's just cuz like it's a great time it's just fun hanging out that's what it is. You got this big smile on your face right now, which I love, but that's true. Right. So it's like, we can use social media in a really positive way. But for me, I think the best part about social media is the connection aspect It's the connection to other people that you wouldn't have met otherwise that you wouldn't have spoken to otherwise. Um, and if you're, if we're going to be using it, then we might as well take full advantage of it and have the opportunity to speak to people. Like if someone's going to DM me, I'm going to be like, all right, let's talk. Like, let's, it's funny people will message me on social media and they'll just go right into asking a question. Like they, they don't know who I am. They've never spoken to me. The first message is, Hey, so how many calories do I need to eat for this? And I'll reply. I'll be like, Hey, my name's Jordan. How are you today? And they'll be like, <laughs> Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like I didn't even think about that. It's like a lot of times people don't even realize like they logically know it's a person behind the screen, but they don't think about it. Like they're not, they don't realize that. And I think for every time I interact with someone and, and specifically with you in that situation, I was like, all right. Cause I, what I did is I looked at your content. I looked at your captions. I told you that, like, I looked at what you were writing. I looked at what you were posting. I was like, she's got really good stuff to say. Like there's a lot of depth here. So I wanted to talk to you more and hear more about you. And you realized I was very deep and dark jaded person. Very deep. <laughs> <laughs> there is a lot there to be said. And there was a lot that, that had been unsaid up to that point. I think there was a lot that you were holding in that you weren't really expressing on social media. 
Yeah. So this is actually something that you can talk about because uh, when people first meet me, they think that I'm like hard and, you know, mean, maybe <laughs> like just a bitch. Like I, I come off with like, you know, hard, a hard shell. Um, and Jordan- Which you put out there on purpose. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and Jordan will be the first person to call me out and be like, you're so soft. You are like super soft. You're like Nutella soft. You're just like creamy, nougaty, Nutella, like super sweet, kind, like, but you put out like a lot of the images that you would put up of yourself of like the, either like your photo shoots, whatever it is, like hard, stern, like, like, don't fuck with me type of stuff. I was like, man, like, this is like real, like she's intense. But then I talked to you and I'm like, she's a sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> Like the image put up on social media is nothing like how you actually are, especially at, back then. I think it's different now. Sometimes you'll put up pictures that are still like stern, like stone cold. I'm like, oh, okay. She's feeling like badass today. But like, for <laughs> like when you talk with you, when you, I think that's one of the best parts about podcasts like this is like, they can hear you laugh. They can hear like what you're thinking. They can see that you're a sweetheart as opposed to like, sometimes, you know, the image, I think sometimes the image we put out on social media is is not even deliberate right it's like we put out an image on social media subconsciously as a like a sort of self-defense mechanism like to not let people in and i think that was sort of the the mindset you were in you're like i i don't know why anyone would interact with me unless they want to get something from me so i'm going to put an image out there that's like don't fuck with me here is like what you need to know move on <laughs> like that's what it was take the message and keep it going yep that's it <laughs> But it, it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy too, right? Where it's like, if that's the image you put out there, then no one's really going to be interacting with you very much. So then you think, well, all right, well, no one wants to interact with me unless they want something from me. And the people who want something from you are probably going to be the ones who are going out of their way to message you. Whereas the people who might've wanted to interact with you, if they, if it appeared to be more open, they, they'll just sort of pass you over just because, all right, well, I don't, I don't want to fuck with her. Like, I don't want to mess with her because she appears very stern or very hard to, hard to communicate with. Yeah. So again, listeners take this, like, this is what makes Jordan such a good and unique human being. Um, is it, he's calling me out right now on my own shit, but he's doing it in a very positive way. <laughs> <laughs> he it's can good. say it's the most insulting like things to me. And yet, um, like just say it as it is. Say what? It's good to have people in your life that are just honest and like, you know, they love you and, and say it as it is, you know, it's like, that's what a, that's what a good friend does. That's actually, I'll tell you this. So no one even knows this story. I was going to get a dog recently. Um, I was going to get a dog and long, long, long story. But one of my friends and one of my clients and colleagues, she was trying to get a dog as well. And she was shocked that I was able to, that I found a dog so quickly that I was able to find a dog from a breeder so quickly. And she was like, Hey, shoot me the, the breeder that you're going to get them from. So I, cause it was, I got it. I hadn't done any research on like the issues with dog breeders and like backyard dog breeding. And like, there's a lot of terrible stuff that goes on behind the scenes. I had no idea about. So I sent her the breeder and she, there was like a pause where she didn't say anything. And she was like, Hey, I have to tell you this. It's, and this was literally as I was out the door going to get the dog. She's like, I have to send you this. Uh, there was a, a news story from like 2007 where that dog breeder had been arrested for animal abuse mm -hmm. and for like doing like some really bad stuff that are to their dogs. And because of that, and then actually going to the dog breeder and like looking for, for ourselves, it was like, okay, we can't get a dog from this guy. Cause he's just not a good person. He's not treating these dogs well. And I had a conversation with my friend, her name is Kim. I was like, Kim, 
I guarantee you that was a really hard thing for you to send me because like I'm out the door. I'm literally got all this dog stuff, got the crates, got the food, got everything, got like the dog trainer ready to go. And I'm out the door to go get this dog. And you send me this saying like, Hey, just so you know, like this guy isn't a good guy. And that's what a good friend does. A good friend is going to say the hard things, say the things that you probably don't want to hear, say the things that might make you feel bad in the moment because they know you need to hear it. That's, I just think that's what, like, that's how you know who your best friends are. That's how you know who, if that person belongs in your life or not. If the person is not willing to tell you the truth about the things that you need to hear, then they don't belong in your life, or at least not very, very closely. Yeah. And that's one thing that I always say is I don't want yes men in my life. Like I want people that will, yes, like Jordan's one of those people that really, um, and the last episode that we did was on self-efficacy and he was the kind of the person that helped me turn that corner and believe in myself. Um, when I really didn't, I was just kind of doing the grind thing, doing what I'm told, you know, showing up, you know, doing all those things. <laughs> Um, but not necessarily with the belief that I could be more and do more and help more and, and, you know, and show more of myself. And that would be adequate enough for other people that would be okay. Um, because, you know, you see my content and I'm not, um, genuine, generally someone who is more quote unquote, like Fitzbo. I, I am, I'm very passionate about being educated in, in science and, and all those stuff, all those things. And that's not necessarily where women tend to thrive on social media. Um, and so for a long time, I was like, it doesn't matter what I say. Like, it doesn't matter what I do. Like, it's just, I am, you know, subpar compared to other people. And you start to believe those things, like you said, like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, and you, you um, genuinely helped me kind of go, why are you not? worthy why are you not good enough who says you're not adequate what type of people are those are those ones that even align with what you're doing um and so that's you know that's what got me moving in the right direction and i don't know why you are that way like i don't know if you have a story where you went through a period like that but um you know as far as someone that can really really drive you to change um, it has driven me to to continue to pursue more and, and be more optimistic about people, about my life, about my capabilities. Um, it's having a friend like Jordan. So I don't know, again, like, where did you get that side of you from? Have you always been that way? You know, the first thing that comes to mind is Robin Williams and like, bless his soul. Well, like what an amazing human. Um, he has a quote. I don't, I'm, I'm going to butcher it. I don't know it directly, but he, it's something to the effect of, basically saying a lot of times the the funniest people are the unhappiest people right the, the people who are the funniest like the best comedians the people who make you laugh the most are actually the most unhappy and sad people because they know how it feels to be so sad and they don't want other people to feel that way mm-hmm. and that was i think robin williams talking about himself because you know i'm committed suicide like there, a lot of depression but he was one of the funniest people in the world like genius hilarity just absolutely like literal genius. And, um, for whatever reason I've, I remember, I remember this story. My mom tell my mom loves this story. When I was a, a really little kid, I, there was this, uh, kid I went to school with his name was Ben Ledoux second grade and his mom, his father, his parents split up and his mom was going blind. And I like just learned what blind meant. Like, and I was like, my mom was like, yeah, his mom's not going to be able to see anymore. And I like freaked out. I was like, hold on. His parents got divorced and his mom's going blind. Like, this is terrible. This isn't fair. And I was really, I was obsessed with like, this isn't fair. That's not fair. And I hated my mom. It's funny when she tells a story, she's like, you would go to bed sobbing at night 
because like it didn't seem fair to you. And I think that the reason I tell that story is because it illustrates for me, I've never liked the idea of people feeling alone. I've never liked the idea of someone feeling like they don't have someone to talk to. They don't have someone who believes in them. They don't have someone uh, who's there for them unconditionally. I've hate, I don't like that idea. It's like, it's, it tears me. It legitimately tears me apart to think that like when people don't have so at least one person in their life for that. I think that's where a lot of what I do comes from is not liking people feeling alone because I think, as long as someone has at least one person, just one good person there for them, it radically increases that person's chances of succeeding in some way. It doesn't necessarily have to mean building a business. It could just mean being healthy, like eating better, losing weight, like enjoying, their, enjoying themselves, loving their body, like being more appreciative of who they are and what they have. If they have just one person who can support them, they're probably going to be a happier person, which is why I like creating communities. And I like doing that stuff because it gives people an opportunity to connect and to have the more, it's the more shots you take, the more chances you have to score, the more people you meet, the more opportunities you're going to have to find that person, friend, partner, whatever it is to, to be there for you and support you. So I think that's where that comes from. Yeah, that's, that's insane. And I love that about you. Like I said, it's, it's to me, um, it's a rare quality, but I, I will say, um, you know, you are the person that really made me stop looking at people as always having negative intentions. Um, I remember you would text me almost every day and you would say, Hey, I love you. <laughs> Put a smile on your face and people are good, right? People are good. And, and he would, um, he would literally text me out of the blue almost every day. Um, and just shoot me those reminders. And it, and it was something that really manifested itself into my life, um, over time, uh, because I stopped saying, you know, this person is bad, right? This person's talking because they want something from me. This person is, you know, talking to me because, or whatever, like they're being fake to me. And they might say this, like, you know, anxiety driven was definitely something that I was, um, because you can't read people's mind, but I would be more concerned with, you know, what they thought of me or what they were trying to seek out for me or whatever it might be, um, you know, at this point. And you just completely changed it where, you know, I look at people now and I'm like, their intentions are good. They mean good right? This is a great person. Um, and I think that's only enhanced my coaching over the years too, is just being able to be that for, for my clients, being able mm -hmm. to be that light that believes in them, that can push them and talk to them, right? I've always had that trait, but, um, you know, showing up for other people and believing in them, but I really struggled to believe in myself. Um, and that was again, like something that you helped me with. So, um, when I asked, when I turn this back to you is, you know, what, why did you continue to push me for that? And, you know, what is it that you think people listening to this, if they, if they struggle with the same thing, you know, what would you tell them to? I mean, it's two different questions. I was, I th I'll start with like you specifically. Um, whenever, not whenever, cause I get a lot of messages and DMS from people on Instagram, but whenever I, when I have conversation with people, I usually go to their page and I'll look at what they're doing. And I remember specifically with you going to your page and looking at what you were doing. And there were a couple things like number one is you paid incredible attention to detail with your captions. And that was like, that was massively stood out for me because most people, especially in the fitness industry, but most people in general, um, they don't care about the cap. It's the hardest part. The captions, the hardest part. It's the most difficult. It's the most time consuming. You can always tell like, number one, if, someone really cares about it. If they, if they don't care about it, it's usually a one-liner, two-liner, not like a, a real in-depth caption. 
sometimes they'll pretend they'll care about it. And like, you can tell the grammar's off, the spelling's off. They didn't check it. Like it doesn't look good. Your captions were like in-depth, very clear. You were trying to help people. Like that was just very clear from what you were doing. And, and yes, the pictures too. Like, you know, some people will use pictures as a, you know, they'll, they'll use pictures as a way like to, uh, enhance their ego as opposed to help people. Right. And you were very clear about not using pictures as a way to enhance your own ego. You were trying to use pictures to actually help people. The other thing I noticed and still to this day is when you go in your stories, you're, you're constantly cheering on your clients. Like always you're the biggest thing you do is you cheer on your clients. Always. Like you're like, look at this person, look at this person reposting your client story. Like, let's go secure the pump. Like you're always talking about your clients pump secured, right? It's like, you're always talking about that. And for me, I, I want to help people who want to help people, right? It's like, I, that's what I wanted to be there for. And, uh, if you look at my phone at any point in time, you're going to see a number of text message threads with me with like other people. Like there, there's always happening. There's one guy. It's funny. Uh, I live next to lifetime fitness and, um, not now it's, I think it's open now, but I haven't been just because of everything going on. Um, but before the pandemic, before everything started, there was a kid who, uh, his name is Josh, like super tall kid, like really, like, I think he's gotta be like six, four massive, like double my height, um, really tall. And he just works behind the desk. And, um, one day after I went there, I, I was going in, I get a DM and I click it and he's like, Hey man, you don't know me, but, uh, like I work at the desk at lifetime. I love your stuff. I was wondering if at some point we could, uh, we could, I could ask you some questions, literally got the DM, went over to lifetime and sat down with him in his office just to talk with him about what's going on and what he can do. And now he started an entire business geared towards going to inner city schools in New York area to try and help athletes. Cause he's an athlete. And like, he didn't have, uh, basically the story was he didn't have, um, his mom died and his dad later died and he didn't have support growing up, helping him like figure out how to best approach approach athletics, maybe like if you're not going to get in the NBA, how to like what you can do with your athletics to help support your career. And he didn't have that. And he didn't have any support. And he said his coach, like once he realized like he wasn't really going to do very well, his coach sort of just pushed him away and like wasn't there to support him. And so for me, like seeing you can see that people have so much to offer they just need like a little bit of support that's all they need so for me i always have a thread of a couple people that i'm texting just trying to like get them to do more get them to believe in themselves get them to put themselves out there and uh i don't know i just really enjoy it i like doing that it, it makes me feel it's selfish in that it makes me feel good i think uh i remember in high school there i had a whole there was a whole debate about selfish selfish versus selflessness and like i don't really believe that selflessness exists. I don't think that selflessness is a, I think, for example, a lot of people will say like, uh, okay, well then why would someone donate to a charity and leave it anonymous? It's like, well, usually because it makes them feel good. Right. It's like, so inherently that is a selfish act. It doesn't mean it's a bad act. I don't think being selfish is bad. I think you have to be selfish in order to be in order to be selfless, right? You have to be selfish and selfish in order to be generous. We'll say, right? You have to care about yourself. You have to worry about what you're doing in order to be generous and help other people. Um, so I think I do this stuff because it makes me feel really good realistically, but I also love, like, for example, you love seeing your clients succeed so much. Like it makes you feel really good, right? That's selfish, but it also leads to so much good as a result of it. You're helping other people. So I don't even know if I answered the question, but that was just a long tangent. (laughs) No, I love that. And again, like, I think that those, those points are so valid. And I think that the best coaches 
um, I think the, the hardest thing about being a coach is when you want it for somebody else more than they want it for themselves. Um, because you know, yeah. you want to see them win, right? Because that makes you feel so good, but you know, it makes them feel good in return. And I think, um, you know, sometimes you push a client, but they're not ready yet. They're not mentally on that level yet. Uh, they, they struggle with believing in themselves and you kind of have to push them over that barrier because when it clicks, it clicks. Uh, that, that was the hardest part about becoming a coach for me was learning that you're not gonna be able to help everybody. Hmm. That was like the worst realization that I ever came to is like finally admitting that like, okay you're not going to be able to help everyone that comes to you. Yeah, no, that's so incredibly hard or understand they're not ready for, for what you can help them get through yet. Yep. Right? They still have some life growth to go through and, and some things to overcome mentally. And a lot of them are mental barriers. Um, but like I said, once you, once you push past those and it clicks, it clicks and then it gets fun and it gets exciting. And then it's, you're pulling 300 pounds on a deadlift. Like, you know, you're doing yeah. things that you never thought you could do um, because it's just that spark of, of self-belief. Um, and, and like I said to you guys earlier, like I did not have that, like, again, go back to 2016, 2017. It was just, I wanted to help people. I wanted to share my message. Um, but I also struggled with feeling adequate um, and feeling good enough Um and being vulnerable. That's one thing I, I still to this day struggle with, right? And Jordan and I were talking about my photo shoot um, because one thing I really am trying to embrace about myself is is my own femininity in the way that it is and being more confident in that side of me, that soft, more feminine side and putting that out there. Um, and that's something that I still to this day struggle with. And so I, I texted Jordan the other day and I was like, I booked a photo shoot for my birthday um, and I'm going to do it. And it's more, you know, feminine stuff. It's beautiful. And, and um, I, I ordered this stuff to do it and I still don't have all the information on the shoot, but I booked it. So like, you know, I'm going, I'm going in it and challenging myself to continue to mentally overcome these things. Cause I think, um, becoming your best self and, and really maximizing your own potential internally and externally, um, comes from continuing to challenge the limitations that you've set. Are you going to post the pictures publicly? Uh, <laughs> I feel like I just announced it. So I might have to post one. It depends on how they come out, how I feel about them. <laughs> yeah. You should post at least one. Yeah. No. I'm sure they're going to come out amazing. I will. Um, well, we'll see. We'll see. How I do. <laughs> I'm going to do it. Like that's, that's a thing. For it's a huge thing for sure. Are you nervous about it? Absolutely. And I think, um, well, you I'm just, um, well, I guess, in personality, you can see kind of that softer side of me. I don't put it out there for a lot of people and then doing it um, in front of a stranger and not knowing someone who shoots this. So they see it all the time, right? Yeah. Obviously, in the way that I want to do it, and I, I communicated this, you know, very, very thoroughly with the photographers, I want this to be elegant and classy in a, like a way that makes me feel strong and empowered because that's again, like bodybuilding is my thing. And I love that. It makes me feel that way as a woman. And I don't, but I don't always want to be hard. I think I come off hard and, and I am very aware of that. And so I want to continue to push that softer side of me because I am, I'm soft on the inside and nobody would know that, um, you know, from looking at just my content, maybe I think I've gotten a little bit better at at least talking about it more, um, but not necessarily putting it out there for the world. So um, you know, getting in that where, you know, I'm just in, in my body, like, you know, doing all those things and then what they might perceive me as. And then if I were to put that out on social media, like that's a lot of feedback. Like remember, <laughs> not everybody on social media is always kind, right? You have people. Oh, it's the worst. Yeah. Comment uh, those things. And that's actually something that you can talk about now. Cause I want to pick your brain on it anyways, is you get a lot of hate just for, for 
kind of pointing out the, the fallacies in people's beliefs. Um, and you get it like there was a, a shake, a shaking thing that you like put on your story. And you're like, that's stupid. Or the seated <laughs> abduction. You were like, this movement right here is stupid. Um, and it offends so many people. Um, so how do you mentally like deal with that stuff? Yeah, it's tough. You know, it's funny. So earlier in my career, when I didn't have a big, a bigger audience, I didn't care. I wouldn't say I didn't care, but it didn't bother me as much. Like when I had fewer, fewer eyes on me, it, it was like, ah, whatever. doesn't fucking matter. As my audience grew and as it's funny, I would say as my audience grew and as cancel culture grew, mm. it became both of those were like the, it's heightened my anxiety. And I got really nervous about saying the truth. I got worried about expressing my true opinion on stuff because of way more eyes on me and cancel culture sort of. And, and like, it's funny to me. I sort of look at cancel culture. Like it, you watch a movie like gladiator or you watch a movie, which was one of my all time favorite movies. I watch a movie like gladiator. You watch some of those like old time movies of people fighting in the Coliseum, literally fighting to the death and the crowds in the Coliseum, just screaming and cheering and shouting, like literally watching somebody get their head chopped off or literally watching somebody get eaten by a lion, right? It's like, for me, cancel culture is people love to have a group that can bring someone else down and like cheer for it and like love watching the demise of somebody else. And like in, in the Coliseum, it's the literal demise, like literal death of somebody else. Nowadays, I don't, we don't have that. It's not like it's not legal. It's not socially acceptable, but what is socially acceptable is to try to tear someone down. And like, we're essentially doing the same thing, but maybe to their career, to their reputation. Mm -hmm. So seeing that parallel, sorry, this is dark. I'll put that light on again. Um, seeing that parallel scared the shit out of me. The idea of a group of people piling on and being like, all right, so we decide this person doesn't share our belief. We decide this person isn't good based on the opinion they express. So we're going to destroy them. And that I'd say for about the last, for about a year and a half, for about a year and a half petrified me. And it definitely impacted the way that I approach social media. Um, I'd say in the last six months, I've gotten way better. I've gotten more to a point where I'm like, all right, I don't give a fuck again. Like okay. it, it's, I need to interrupt you because there's so many things that it just pops in my head and I don't want to forget to say them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just tying back to like, first of all, what you said about Gladiator. I was living in that. I was like, my previous mindset was like, I'm in the ring and people want to see me die. They're like cheering on for the <laughs> cancel culture. You know, like you see the world that way. So like that was, if you guys believe in like perception and being reality, like mm. that was kind of where my lens was going. And if you listen to Jordan speak kind of where I'm at now, you look at like, yeah, there's like little bits of that happening here and there with people. But like the majority of it is like op opportunity and optimism and like people want to connect and they really enjoy you and th their intentions are good, right? So don't get lost in like that gladiator mindset of like mm. you're being attacked and trampled on and like people want the worst for you and they're against you and you're not good enough and you're not going to make it through. And like, you know, you're not worthy of sharing all these things. Cause that's not true. Those are the, like Jordan said earlier, like those self-fulfilling prophecies. Um, and speaking about Jordan and his content, we need to just go ahead and talk about this because Jordan's <laughs> getting married. Okay. Um, and when I met Jordan, he was not a man that really believed in the in the fairy tale ending he was not yeah. that guy he was very much like i don't think we had many a conversation about relationships and um he was very much someone that didn't didn't believe in that ending 
he was like, this is just not how people are. It doesn't work that way. And then a couple of years later, here you are like getting ready to get married and you put that on your social media and you show that side of you. Um, yeah. Really Jordan, if you followed him for a while, he doesn't show his, um, his personal life um, very much. It's always about content and providing value. And like, yes, you do that. Uh, but now you can even do so for people in real life. Like, making you more human, I think, to people, which yes. is what I enjoy. Um, seeing you rollerblading, seeing you, you know, make apple crisps with your fiance, like <laughs> all those really cool things um that you've left out. And so what drove you to do that? Well, so so there's a lot here. These are good questions. Um the reason that I will go back to like why I didn't believe in marriage, it's very clear, was because my parents had an awful marriage. Like my parents had a, a terrible, terrible marriage. It was not good. Um, I didn't grow up looking at a marriage thinking like, like that's what I want. I looked, I grew up being like, <laughs> I do not want that at all. Like that looks terrible. Just it, no it was terrible. <laughs> Literally, I was like, this, this looks like literal suffering. And there were, there were, I mean, there are many stories that, you know, that might be another podcast of like the, the things that I saw and like things that like, I was like, okay, I don't want this. If this is what marriage is, like, I don't want to be a part of it. Um, and for whatever it's worth, I think that we grew up in a time in which divorce rate just skyrocketed and we, we saw it all over the place. I was like, I think it's around 50% right now. I was like, why would I want to be a part of something that like is 50% likely going to fail? And it's funny, I would look at comedians, like I love comedy, I love comedians, a lot of comedians, they make fun of marriage, right? And and they're married, and they talk about it. But it's funny, because it's true, right? A lot of the jokes that they'll make, they're like, Oh, my husband, this, my wife, that da, 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 da. and they talk about how annoying it is. And when they tell it in a story sense, in a comedic sense, it's hilarious. But in the moment, it's like, I fucking hate this. I don't want to be a part of this. And so I it was a self fulfilling prophecy in that sense, in that I was always looking for a reason not to do it. And I was I was always looking for a reason It's like, all right, well, um, there's no reason for me to do this because it's going to get in the way of what I want to accomplish in life. And it's, it's going to end poorly. It was basically how I looked at it. Um, there were many things that happened to change that, but I think one of them is diving a little bit more into, into my religion. Number one. Uh, I also think diving more into philosophy, uh, you know, Jordan Peterson, I'm, we're both huge fans of Jordan Peterson. Um, it's funny when I first started talking about Jordan Peterson, there's, there's a, a pretty strong community that hates him, that does not like him. And it's funny. I got a bunch of people being like, uh, you know, like he's super anti-Semitic that all this other stuff. And what was so interesting to me was that I would say, could you show me, uh, the video of him being anti-Semitic? And they would always send me clips that from someone else. Like, so they would, they would clip these clips of, of Jordan Peterson saying something, from somebody else's blog or video and then their like interpretation of it. But they never sent me the full clip of him saying something in the, in the whole context of a conversation, they would take one small part of a conversation and clip it to make it appear the way they wanted to in that context. Mm -hmm. And I would, I was like, Hey, could you just find the full video of this instead of just what this person showed you on this website, find the full video and hear what he has to say in depth. And they'll, every time they did that, they'd be like, Oh my God, I didn't hear the whole video. I only heard this one clip that someone else put out there. So I, I, it's fine. I'm Jewish. Like I'm a huge fan of Jordan Peterson. I think he's done amazing things. And he actually changed my mind dramatically on the whole concept of marriage and the purpose of it. And, um, 
how it can make you a better person and how it's like, you know, I, I want kids. I want family. I, I want to, I want to be a better person. I want to be a better man. I think uh, realistically for me, I'm not saying for everyone, but for me, it's the right way to go for sure. Which is like, and you, cause you saw me from early days of being like, there's no way I'm going to do that. It was a pretty radical transformation or radical Absolutely. mindset. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just for me, I, it's funny. I, I, when I was a kid, people would say, yeah, you might think differently as you're older. And when you're younger, you just always, you're stuck in your way. Like, you don't know me. Like, you don't know what I've been through. Like, you don't know my thoughts, but it's true. You know, as you get older and as you open yourself up to new thoughts and ideas, and as like your goals change and your mindset changes, like things shift. And, and it definitely has for me, I'd say over the last couple of years in regard to, uh, in regard to marriage and, and relationships. Um, and in regard to showing more of myself on social media, I think I got, tired of just being surface level. I just got tired of it. I, I got tired of like only sharing like, all right, like here's fat loss. Here's apple cider vinegar. Here's like tummy toners. Like I got tired of, it. I'm like, all right, like fucking enough. Like one of the major things I love about social media is the ability to connect with people. And I wasn't connecting with people fully. I was giving them a very surface level view of just my knowledge on one specific topic. That was it. I wasn't telling them what I'm struggling with. I wasn't telling them what, what I want to improve on. I wasn't showing them anyone in my life. It was just, here's what you need to know to accomplish this specific goal. And I think that's fine for some people, but for me, I got tired of it and I started to lose my passion for it. And I've always said, as soon as I lose my passion for something, I'm done. I'm not going to try and try and like grind through it just because like, that's what you're supposed to do. It's like, I want to do it because I'm passionate about it. So for me, now I'm becoming much more passionate about just, I don't want to call it holistic. I don't think it's holistic, just showing a more realistic perspective of who I am, a more uh, whole picture of me and who I am in my life so that they can get a better, better idea for it. And I think that way I'll be able to connect with them on a more a deeper level. No, I, I can honestly tell you just even by watching it, because obviously I know you. So, um, you know, the way that I interact with you is different than what you would put out there previously. Um, and just being able, like literally looking on your story and seeing you like rollerblade, I'm like, yes, Jordan, like, you know, that's Jordan. Are you in the sour strip thing? Are you like rollerblading around your house or taking pictures of you on the toilet? Like, <laughs> like all those parts of you, it's like, you know, I, I think that that's where your audience would be like, damn, I knew he was cool when I first followed his content, but like, he's actually a genuinely cool dude. And, and one of the cool things, the, the best compliment that I get, and I'm sure you get this now, probably more by putting more of you out there is you're this, when people meet you, you're the same. There's a lot of people that, you know, when you go to events and stuff, you'll see these people that you, you idolize on Instagram or social media <laughs> and they're not the same at all. It, it's like painfully awkward to, to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that as well. Yeah. And that's one of the things, you know, back before COVID and all the events and stuff, people would be like, you really are the exact same. I'm like, who the fuck else am I going to be? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying, I'm struggling trying to just like manifest all of me out there. Like I don't have time to be, to be, you know, everybody else. Um, and that's why I like longer length and I wish I could get better at YouTube, but my cinematic effects. Stuff. <laughs> so. well, you have to tell that story where that comes from. Cause it's, it's important. That's actually hilarious. And I hope that you start doing more YouTube. <laughs> So, um, Jordan, I, again, he, he always would believe in me and like push me to do more. He's like, you need to do, you know, put more of yourself out there, do, you know, more formal content, be on YouTube, be on YouTube. And I was like, Jordan, <laughs> 
like, Jordan, I suck at YouTube and I can't do it. And he's like, why? And I'm like, because I don't have someone to edit my stuff. And he's like, you can edit it yourself. And I'm like, Jordan, all these people that are successful on YouTube, they have all these cinematic effects. (laughs) their videos and like listen guys you know if you watch youtubers they've got like the drone and the person filming them and like you know the music and like all that stuff and I'm like I'm not I don't have all that I just have me I don't edit anything I just talk I shoot for straight from the hip like obviously you saw the intro to this podcast like I just go like that's just me I just yeah you don't try to like script everything and I'm like okay I'm gonna do this and then I'm gonna pop out from over here I'm gonna you know do all these things like for me I was like I'm not gonna be adequate at the YouTube thing because I I can't I can't give them that it's not entertaining it's just me talking or doing something stupid (laughs) specifically it was the cinematic effects that you thought you lacked which is I remember because that was via text. It wasn't like a, a verbal conversation. I remember vividly reading, well, I don't have any cinematic effects and I lost my shit. I was like laughing, number one, but also like cinematic effects. Like that's what like you don't have. And it's funny I, for whatever whatever it's worth now, like I don't have a videographer anymore. Now I do it all myself. And like the cinematic effects are far less, right? Like I'm not using like cinematic effects. It's basically just me talking and like, I think the reason, and I guarantee anyone listening to this right now will will support me 100%. The reason people listen to you, the reason people watch you, the reason people follow you, the reason people pay you to be your client is not because of any video editing. It's not because of any cinematic effects. It's because they love you. They love what you're saying. They see how much you care. They see how passionate you are. They see like how much time and effort you spend doing something and like everything that you put into it. They don't care if you have drone shots. They don't care if you use jump cuts. They don't care if like the every time you you cut in the video, it's changing the tune of the music or it's dropping to the beat. They don't care. They just want to see you talk. They want to see you talk. They want to hear what you have to say. They want to hear your opinion because your opinion matters to them. Your thoughts matter to them. Like your beliefs matter to them and you matter to them. Like I think- I've always thought you you would crush YouTube. And I, I remember I remember I told you to start doing a podcast. It made me super happy that you do a podcast because it's a, an, a, the time for you to sit down and give your thoughts in long form content. I think I think short form content is like rapid fat loss. Long form content is sustainable fat loss, right? This is just like a simple analogy. Short form content is quick, relatively easy to do. Um, but you have to keep doing it every single day, nonstop. It's like quick, 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 quick. And a lot of people fall off because it's very hard to sustain. Long form content, it's an hour, sometimes more than an hour long, but people can really get the opportunity to dive in, to listen to you, to learn more from you. It takes longer. It's, it, you'll have fewer people actually do it, right? You'll have fewer people swipe up on your Instagram story to go listen to an hour long podcast. than you will have people like an Instagram post, like maybe showing your ass, but I guarantee I would rather have a hundred people listen to an hour long podcast than a thousand people double tap, uh, an ass picture on Instagram and not even read the caption because the hundred people who listen to your podcast are going to just, they're going to love you more. They're going to appreciate you more. They value you so much more than the people who double tap a picture on Instagram, but don't even read the caption. It's like the, the long form content is, I think that's like the gold mine that, and the people who listen and consume your long form content, that's the people that really matter the most. And that's, and that's what I think you have, you have so much to offer. It's funny when I talk to coaches now, it's so easy to become a quote unquote coach right? It's like anyone can call themselves a coach now. Um, I love having long conversations with coaches because you can tell within a couple of minutes, whether or not like they're a legit coach or not based on what they say, how they say it, the words they're using. Uh, 
and you're a legit coach. Like you are a legit coach. You know that what you're talking about. First, I have the Jordan official <laughs> stamp of approval. You are. And I, that's why I, I have always wanted you to do more long form content because it's going to give people an opportunity to see what a legit coach actually thinks and believes and practices. Like uh, Instagram's great, but it, it, it barely scratches to the surface. And I think you doing a, a 20 minute YouTube video and an hour long podcast is where people are really going to get the most from, from watching you. And it doesn't matter if you have a fucking drone shot or really cool music to go along with it. All that matters is that you're there and you're saying what you believe to be true. And I also still wear all of my college basketball clothing and sweatpants because those were free and you get lots of pairs. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone always gives me shit. They're like, you still wear your socks and sliders and you still wear your college hoop gear. And I'm like, I worked my ass off to get there and I'm still rocking it till it doesn't fit anymore. <laughs> why not? A huge portion of my clothes are hand-me-downs that I got when I was in like high school. It's like, why would I pay extra for clothes if I already have them? Exactly. No, I'm definitely the same way. <laughs> But no, that's seriously, uh, that compliment pretty much makes my day. So I appreciate you saying that, but that leads me to a question is, are you still working? Are you mentoring coaches still? Is that, um, I know you're doing a lot of stuff and I don't know if, I know you continue to comment on your story about a book that you're writing. I don't know if you can talk about that book yet. Um, but I do see you, um, sharing that more now. Uh, Yeah, It's, it's a brutal process. It sucks. (laughs) The book is great, but the book writing process it sucks. It's like work. We, it's, I'm very blessed, really lucky to have this opportunity to, to have a book publisher want to publish my book. Uh, but I'm not going to uh, glamorize the process because, you know, my, I've always said that if I was going to write a book, I, I'd call the book the five year plan because it's not sexy, but it's true. Like it's, it's going to take you about five years of consistent hard work to really get somewhere close to achieving something great. Right. I think, and I've said this recently in one of my recent podcasts, I think most people radically overestimate what they can accomplish in one year and dramatically under dramatically underestimate what they can accomplish in seven years. And most people don't want to hear that. They want the seven day fix, the 21 day fix. Like they, they want the, the quick fix for whatever it is. This goes for fitness. It goes for business, goes for everything. I see fitness coaches all the time, like falling for these six figures fast, like get rich quick schemes. And like, they're the first coaches to be like, it's going to take time to, to get in shape and lose weight and blah, blah, blah. But they'll, they'll still fall for the get rich quick schemes. So I remember I was like, our, the, the book I want to write is the five-year plan. And I was like, no publisher is ever going to want to buy that because you know, it's, it's not going to sell very much. Um, so we do have a new title for it, which I'm excited about. I'll tell you what the title is. Haven't really said this publicly yet. It's the new title is called eat it, which really excited about it. Um, and it's basically the five-year plan with, uh, a different title. Um, the terrible part about working with a publisher is they don't care about the contents of the book. Like it's, I shouldn't say they don't care about it. Now, like, God forbid, they're going to hear this. I can't believe you said that. (laughs) (laughs) They care about the content of the book, but they're not fitness experts. They're not nutrition experts. They're book publishers. Um, Their main goal is to sell the book. That's their main goal. It's like selling, selling, selling. And uh, it's just a really, really tough, arduous process where like, in the future, I could see myself self-publishing, even though like you can't, you can't be like a New York times bestseller if you self-publish, but uh, I think it would probably be a better format to do it in just because 
you have complete say over everything. You don't have to argue with them about what the title is going to be or like how the process is going to go. Um, overall, I'm really excited about the book. Like I'm very, very excited with what's included. I think it's going to help a lot of people. Um, I just remember when I, when I first wanted to write a book, I was like, oh, this is going to be a sick, sick process. It's going to be so fun. It's like, this is a brutal, brutal process, but overall it's exciting. Yeah, no. And that's, again, like such, such good little tidbits. I think that um, a lot of people will, will be able to discuss um, long-term systems, but they want a, a short-term fix. And so when you talk about even the book writing process, right, that's a long, hard process. The outcome is the book's going to be phenomenal, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to, it's going to sell, but it's not this magical thing that you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to write this book and it's just going to happen. And it's, we're going to crush it. And it's going to be, you know, we all have these thoughts of like, oh, I'm going to go to the gym for like a month and I'm going to be looking beefy. And, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, I've been doing this for three, four years now, and I'm still like trying to get to that level. So um, you have to think of daily small-term investments to like a long-term result. Um, And that's with everything, whether it's business, your relationships, um, book writing, whatever it might be. And I think those are just principles of life that people struggle to wrap their mind around because they think given a different circumstance or a different situation, the context is going to change. Um, And and most of the time, unless you're just in a super blessed situation, um, that's not really how it works. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. So what is the ETA of the book? Um, right now, so the final the final draft is due April 1st, which we're in crunch time. Like, yeah, final draft is due April 1st. We probably won't release it until January of 2022 just because that makes the most sense in terms of releasing a fitness product. It's going to come out in January, right? It's like that's when people spend the most money on fitness. So that's probably what's going to happen. Um also, and this is like stuff I never would have thought about, but we want it in bookstores like Barnes and Noble, all that stuff. Um, and ideally get a really good spot. Like, so when you walk in, it's like one of the first books you see right now, no one's walking into bookstores because right. of the pandemic. So like we're, we're waiting for hopefully everything to clear up. People can go back out in public and actually go into a bookstore. Um, so yeah, hopefully January, 2022. No, that is phenomenal. That is so exciting. And I can't wait to read it. Um, I know that it's going to help a lot of people. You always do. So uh, my other question is, where is Kenzie? Is she gone? (laughs) She's like my favorite character. (laughs) It's funny. That's another thing. I've started to bring her back a little bit. I've done a few skits recently. Um, It's tough with the creative process with Kenzie. Hmm. It's like... uh, there's a lot of thought and time and effort that goes into it's so much easier just to sit down, make a whiteboard video and just be like, all right, here's what you need to do. Here's what you need to know in terms of creating content that like has another character or several characters involved. It's tough. So I'm always trying to figure out, okay, how much time am I willing to spend on this piece of content? And how am I going to figure out how to get Kenzie or Johnny bag of donuts or Dick tiny or any of these characters in here? Um, so yeah, she's coming back. She definitely is coming back, but, uh, I'm actually, I'm spending a lot of time on my podcast recently. I'm doing like two to three podcasts a day uh, and at least several of my own every week. So it's hard to bring Kenzie into the podcast, but yeah, she's coming back. She's she's definitely a fan favorite. And I, I, well, one, I love her for sure. Um, And the second thing I want to say is your podcast is a little bit different than most podcasts. It Um, is. You interview your own clients, right? And you talk about their struggle. So I want you to share a little bit about, you know, 
for the people that are listening and maybe they haven't listened to your podcast, like what is the purpose of your podcast? Why do you do it and, and who your audience is and who your, your interviewees are? Yeah. So, you know, in our first episode, you and I spoke about self-efficacy and definitely go back and listen to that first episode that we did together if you haven't already, but there are many ways you can improve self-efficacy. And for me, like with most of my content, that's my goal. Improve your self-efficacy improve your ability to believe in yourself. That's like my number one goal with basically everything that I do. Um, there's one method of improving self-efficacy called social modeling, which basically we could look at progress pictures as, as one example of social modeling. Someone sees a progress picture on social media who lost hundred pounds. Someone else who needs to lose hundred pounds says, wow, they did it. I can too. Right. So they start to believe in themselves because someone else did it. It's, it's different if someone who's shredded says, Hey, you can lose hundred pounds. But if someone sees, Hey, like this person is a mom of four, she lost hundred pounds. I'm a mom. I need to lose hundred pounds. I can do it too. That's what I wanted to accomplish. I wanted to give people an opportunity to believe in themselves. Most podcasts interview other professionals and, and that's fine. They interview other professionals in that field. So in fitness, most people will interview other fitness professionals. And I do that occasionally, but I wanted people to hear from real people, from not professionals to hear their story. So I started getting my clients to come on and just saying, listen, you can ask anything you want. We can talk about whatever you want. And some of the clients who would come on, they'd have an amazing success story and they tell about everything that they did and how they achieved it, where they started, where they ended up and other clients, they'd come on and they'd be currently struggling through like a major issue, whether it's binge eating, whether it's, they gained 50 pounds back, whatever it is. And I think people listening to real people going through real struggles helps improve their own self-efficacy, their own belief in their ability to succeed, because it's not just a professional talking about God knows what. You can hear that as much as you want on YouTube or on Instagram. It's very rare to find a, a legitimate story of someone else who you can relate to talking about the struggles that you've probably been through or are going through. So that's why I wanted to have that just to, to speak with people because I knew number one, it's so funny. When I first started doing it, people were nervous to come on my podcast. Like they, they were very worried. Like, well, I don't know. Like I'm not a professional. And it's like the, the thing that helped me convince people to get on my podcast was me saying, this is going to help a lot of people. That was it. Then when I started saying that line, you being on my podcast is going to help a lot of people. Everyone started coming on. And it spoke to me that the one line that got regular people to come on my podcast was you're going to help a lot of people. It says a lot about, people as a whole, humans as a whole, we want to help. Like if you look at workplace happiness, one of the, the most uh, important indicators of whether or not someone is happy with their job is whether or not they can actually see the effect that their job is having on other people. So a lot of times people who are unhappy in their workplace are people who do a lot of data. They Maybe they compile stuff on a computer, they plug numbers into an Excel sheet, but they don't see how that affects the business. They don't see how that is affecting other people. Those are people who generally rank lower on workplace happiness. People who rank higher on happiness are the people who see their effect on, on their work, from their work. So like you, you coach people, you see people losing weight, you see people getting stronger, you see people hitting personal records. You're super happy with what you do because you know it's impacting people. And I think people crave that. People crave the opportunity to say, I I've helped people and to know that they've helped people. So um, it's one of the reasons why I'd say in the last six months, I've, I've, whenever I get on the phone with someone for a podcast, I'd say, hey, 
share your Instagram on the podcast or share where people can contact you. Because it was one thing for me to say, Hey, this podcast has 20,000 downloads. It's another thing for them to get 500 messages from people being like, Oh my God, I just heard you on the podcast that helped me so much. So that was for me, it's twofold. Number one, or it's probably threefold. Number one is I know for a fact, having those people on the podcast are going to help other people. Number two is I want the person who is on the podcast to know that they have the ability to help other people. And then number three is I like want to have a podcast that helps people. So it's like, it's all like that is, that's like the trifecta, right? Like I know that that, that those three main pillars are probably what's going to help the most amount of people. And it's going to make me have the best podcast. And the response has been incredible. People have really, really enjoyed it. It's grown a lot over the last year. Yeah, no, I think that that's phenomenal. It really has. There, there are some, I get lots of questions. Uh, Mostly when people message me, it's like, Hey, have you worked with someone that's gone through Mm. this? Do you know someone who's gone through this? And a lot of time is, well, how do they get by it? How do they do it? How do you, how does a mom of four get through contest prep? How does, you know, someone who's struggling as a, as a night shift worker, you know, also optimize their sleep and recovery patterns. And so, um, you know, I think that's incredibly important. And I do it kind of in shorter length when I do like client testimonials and stuff like that. Um, But having it in a long length form where you can hear the client talk about those things, I think is, is incredibly impactful. So I think that that's awesome. And it's definitely something uh, that I've noticed when listening to your podcast that makes it very, very different from most mainstream um, podcasts. Usually it's like a host and a guest or a host and a co-host um, and they talk about a certain topic. And again, like I'm the worst at having anything prepared. I just kind of go. That's one reason you and I get along very well. I was like, I'm so scatterbrained, like as you couldn't tell from listening to me talk, like nothing, I don't prepare anything. I don't prepare, literally not. It's like, all right, let's just go shoot from the hip. Let's see how it goes. Yeah, Jordan's like, so what are we talking about today? <laughs> I was like, well, I, I kind of plugged you for being like my personal therapist and helping me get through all the dark times in my life. So we're talking about that today. I was like, what are we talking about today? And you just hit record and jump right in. Like, what are we talking about today? All right. So we've got Jordan here. <laughs> oh, but I love that. And I think, I mean, I hope that our, our viewers enjoy that. The fact that it's, it's genuine, it's honest. Um, and it doesn't, I mean, I just, I'm not a scripted person. I can't do that. I'm not good at it. I should, I, I could, I need to believe that I could, but I don't really want to. So. No, it's so funny. I, so when I was doing the Big Mac challenge, I, I reached, you know, Matt Devella on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So he's, I look up to him immensely. He's a really good friend. Um, and Matt Devella, I asked for his advice. I was like, how, how should I go about doing this challenge in terms of the video aspect of it? Uh, the, the summary of it. And he was like, well, usually what I do is I script my material and I like read it and da, da, da. And he was like, you should do that. I spent a week writing a script for, and keep in mind, I'd been making YouTube videos for years at this point and none of them had been scripted ever. Uh, but I was like, okay, so this is like a big project. So I'm going to do what Matt says. I spent a week writing a whole script. Uh, I spent another like three days reading that script on camera and then I trashed all of it. I, threw I remember you telling me this. I remember distinctly asking you about the Big Mac challenge. And I was like, you're like, I'm trying to put the video together in the final video. And then I remember you worked on it and you were going to drop it. And then you're like, you texted me like the next morning. You're like, it's done. And you're like, never mind. I'm redoing all of it. I scratched all of it. I'm just going to, you know, redo the video because it was authentic to you. 48 hours before I told everybody it was going to go live. I was like, I told my videographer there. I was like, Rico, we're throwing this whole thing out. It's like, we're starting over from scratch. And, uh, it was because I was watching it. I was like, this is terrible. Like I, like Matt Devella is a genius with what he does. And for him, scripting, it works really well for me. I tried to use his method for myself and that just, it doesn't like 
you know, I do, we don't do scripts and it doesn't, it doesn't make us better or worse. Like it doesn't mean like, doesn't mean scripted is inherently better. It just means like, that's not what we do. Like we're not scripted. We're just like, we're going to go in. We're just going to shoot the shit. We're going to have fun. We're going to say what we want to say. And whatever comes out, comes out, right? Whatever happens, happens. I think that's what people appreciate. People, people appreciate you doing you, not you trying to be another version of you or a fake version of you because you think it's going to get more views or likes or whatever it is. Uh, so don't script. Absolutely not. I think it's going to like, I know for me, every time I've tried scripting, it's ended up just me throwing it out and hating it. Um, I think you're, what you do is great because it's just, it's you period. And like, I'd like to see more of the, the nougaty soft you, in <laughs> the real, just like the, the Nutella nougat soft on social media, you, but I think you've done a really good job of, of putting more of that out there and, and showing people more of, of who you are. Yeah, that is a work in progress. Like I said, we're moving forward slowly, but surely. Um, and I, I do think, um, that is uh, the more of myself that I put out there, I really was worried that people would be more judgmental, more harsh. Um, but especially with my podcast and being able to kind of dive in there, the feedback that I get um, from random people or even my clients are like, I know I don't say a lot in check-ins and stuff, but I just want you to know that like, I think you're this, that, and the third, you know, and all these amazing compliments. Um, and you are going to be your own worst critic, whether it's with your Always. fitness goals, with your content goals, with your relationship issues, with your, you know, adequacy, it being a man or a woman or whatever it might be, um, you know, manifesting those things and becoming your complete self in front of other people is scary. Um, and that's, that's kind of where the, the, the hurdle um, I'm presently trying to like overcome. It's not like, my adequacy in coaching. It's not my adequacy in bodybuilding. It's not my adequacy in, you know, being intelligent or delivering the message or knowing what I talk about. It's, it's that, that, that inside Kate, that's like, can I show the world this? Is it okay to like put her out there? Like throw her out there? Yeah. So how are you going to do it? I don't know. We'll have to think <laughs> on that another time. <laughs> I think, I think you do a good job of it. Like in this conversation, for example, like you are who you are. Like this is this, it's so funny. Cause like, it's like, we're just on the phone talking, right? That's it. And I think that's what people like, especially with podcasts, people like just feeling like they're part of the conversation. This is like a legit regular conversation for us is relaxing, smiling, shooting the shit, Keep telling crazy. it as it is. That's it. Um, I'd like to see you on YouTube. I, I really would. It's uh, YouTube, I think is the hardest platform because it takes the most time. And it's not even the hardest platform to grow. I just mean, it's the hardest platform to create on like, it's sort of, I think the easiest platform is Twitter, right? So what we can go like from easiest to hardest, easiest is Twitter because it's just quick 140 characters or less. You put out an idea, boom, done. You can get more creative with Twitter and like there, you can take more time with it, but Twitter is the easiest. Like you don't have to have you you don't even have to have a picture in your bio. Like you could be a nameless, faceless person just tweeting. Right. And like, those are always like the most obnoxious people on Twitter. Those, people are, the don't, trolls. those are the trolls. Right. I think after, after Twitter, then there's probably more like Instagram, which is like maybe Instagram story. And then after that Instagram post, um, but even like an Instagram post, like a, a picture is easier than an Instagram video, right? Like I think anytime you go towards a longer form content with video, it gets progressively harder and harder and harder. Just text is the easiest. 
longer form text art, like a long form article, 1500, 2000 words. That's very hard, very, very hard. But the thing with that is you can take the time to edit it. You can like take a whole week to edit, sit down, relax, restructure with a video. You're on camera. Like you, it, it's tough. You're yourself. Like you slip up speaking like, yeah, if you want, you can edit it out and jump cut it, but still you're on camera. You're looking in the camera, you're talking, people can hear your voice. They can see you. They see your body language. I think it's the hardest one to create on. It's the most vulnerable one to create on. And because of that, I think it's the best one to create on because it's the hardest, because it's the most difficult, because people can really get to see you and who you are. And uh, I think podcasts and YouTube are the two best, realistically. The two long form pieces where they can really hear your thoughts, hear your opinions. I think they both have a time and a place. I like podcasts because you don't have to see you. They can do it while they're walking. They can do it while they're driving. They can do it while they're in transit. But YouTube, they sit down and they look you in the face and they hear what you have to say. And it's the closest thing you can get to really like being with someone and having a conversation with them one-on-one. I would love to see more of you on YouTube. No cinematic effects needed. No like crazy editing or music needed. Just you sitting down talking. I would love that. And I think everyone listening would love that. I will get back to my, uh, <laughs> I will, I, I will. Um, well, I'll say this. Um, one thing I really like, and I'm, I'm glad that you touched on this and this kind of applies to, you know, where I'm going with coaching is this year. Uh, my goal is to step 100% away from any text responses and email. I hate it. It's not personal. They can't he- see your face and, and or hear your tone of voice. It can be misconstrued. And so um, one, one system that I implemented last year um, was video messaging, which I think is awesome. Um, you were telling me about that when I saw you uh, in Florida, you're telling me how you send video messages to your clients. I love that. Yeah. And now it's, if I'm traveling for whatever reason, so I can't like video message, right. Um, I actually have an app where I can voice message my clients. So they'll still check in. Um, and I respond with voice because I do think it's incredibly important to have that personal connection, even if, um, you know, especially with a one-on-one client, but in general, just getting to know people and authentically hear their message. Um, I think that that's very hard to do, um, through a text or through editing, short form or even Twitter, like context is everything these days, especially um, because they'll be like, if you make a statement, it'll be like, well, what about this person? Right. I'll say sodium's not bad. Well, what about that person? You know, that's got high blood pressure and, and heart disease. Well, okay. Well, that's like, you know, uh, I don't want to say a small percent of the pop- population, but the context is not there. It's not for that. We're not person. talking about people with high blood pressure. We're talking about just people who are you know, normal, healthy blood pressure. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And so that's one thing that like is, is hard when you create context now is there's always people that are like, well, what about this case? And I'm it's like, like, it'd be like, if, if you put up a post on Instagram being like, Hey, uh, I, I have a new litter of puppies. Does someone want to buy a dog? And someone being like, well, why would you post this? I don't want a dog. It's like, relax, motherfucker. Like then you don't need to comment. I'm not talking. If you don't want a dog, don't comment. If you don't like, if this doesn't apply to you move right along, buddy, like that's it. People like get so mad. Like if it doesn't apply to them, they get really upset about it. Like, what about this? What about the cool? Go go somewhere else. This post doesn't apply to you. Yeah, Relax. This is not for you. It's it's okay. <laughs> it's for somebody that it actually applies to. Um, but yeah, no, I think I will consider your your offer. Um, maybe I'll vlog my shoot. <laughs> wow, that would be cool. That would be a big a big step. That, that would be a, a hell of a first first. <laughs> 
vlog for you too. <laughs> you know me, I just shoot, I just come in hot. I'm just like, all right, we're here. All right, guys. Hope you're ready. <laughs> I would love that. That'd be great. All right. Well, we'll consider it. But Jordan, I've kept you on here for way too long. I appreciate you and your time. Um, let everybody know where they can find you, where your content is coming. Um, and any other announcements that you want to share with my audience? Uh, that's it. If you, if you Google my name, Jordan Syatt, you'll be able to find me on literally every platform. Uh, that's it. Yeah. I would say I was YouTube podcast if you really want to Instagram as well, but, uh, that's it. Keep paying attention to, uh, to Kate. Cause she's got, she's got the goods. She's got the best material. She's, uh, going to be doing a lot more on YouTube, which I'm excited to watch. So more important than my content, keep paying attention to hers. Oh, goodness gracious. All right, guys. Thank you so much, Jordan. I appreciate you.